How does that feel? Listen, this is what spiritual breath is. Taking in some energy, letting it out. But it makes you look at things from a different perspective. This time we're looking at it from a spiritual perspective. You know, I think now, where we are now, everybody's trying to seek that edge. You know, that, that edge that keep you connected, believing in something. Because the world is throwing so many turns and so many twists. And, and, and as a Christian, you get caught up in the shuffle. You know, you believe in God. You, you believe in your higher calling. You believe that you're connected and a relationship is established. But when the time comes where those challenges start overcoming you and taking uh, things and just twisting in such a way where you don't know you're coming or going, it makes you sit back and start questioning your connection, your relationship, and your belief. You know, if you would look at the now-day church, now I don't know if any of you have been in church over 10 or maybe 15 years, but if you remember as a child, when you went to church, depends on where you went at, it used to be, you know, quite an amount of people in the church with you, and they would always seem like they would be happy to be there. It became a social awareness, uh, a connection, a networking, uh, a grouping of people coming together on one common goal. Sometimes it's just to see you. They go from Sunday to Sunday. They couldn't wait to get there to see what they call their church family. And they'd be glad to share some of the things that they went through the week with or their accomplishments or, uh, believe it or not, sometimes a plead for sympathy, compassion. You know, and now when you go to a church, you may see not half maybe a third of them and sometimes only a few I'm talking about where you can count it on both hands or only one hand you know my my heart goes out to churches now especially those pastors and leaders that were accustomed to having multiple uh, people in the church now down to a few had multiple streams of income coming in I mean these people were tithers and these people were givers they would bring offerings and find different ways to go and get grants and things of that nature now those pastors have to go back to work. You know, the church one time took care of them. Now they have to go back on whatever they they, they came or had before they uh, took on that pastor role, and they have to make a living. You know, some churches still are able to pay the pastor um, whatever agreement they made and, and housing and stuff like that, but majority of them, well, they're fighting um, for survival. And I I, I say to you, pastors, keep up the good work. I mean, it's hard getting up and going to a church where you know that you're facing not only a few uh, people coming, but financially you are struggling. And you may be living from one Sunday to the next, um, not wanting to tell the church that the church is going to close because the finances are not there. I, I understand. Been there. Done that. But I hear somebody say, but God. You know, we always say, but God, yeah, he's able to do it. But what it happens when you are not seeing that that he could do now? And the situation is greater than your relief. I'm not saying greater than your God, but greater than the, the, the relief that you need to take the stress and pressure off of you. You're praying, you're fasting, you're seeking God, you're doing everything that you could do that you've been taught to do and you have learned that this has been the pathway to get your success but it seems like it's not happening like for example you could say that it's in a dried place you know things are just crumbling and and coming into pieces what do you do then how do you tell pastors that, that have congregation when the membership goes down to zero is it a reflection on you 
Is it on the members? Or is it location? I mean, how do you justify people just stop coming to a church who was one time filled with members standing room only? You're going to blame it on the membership? You're going to blame it on yourself? You're going to blame it on what? You're going to blame it on God? I don't know. What would you do? See, I think it's time for us, and I mean us, I'm talking about the body of Christ, to look at what's really going on around us. Look at the situation and see how things have changed. You all sit up here and paint this pretty picture of life, but to be honest with you, it's not as pretty as what you may think it is. And sometimes you need to be a realist and stop being someone that you're trying to say the right thing in a bad time. If it's bad, sometimes you have to say it's bad. I mean, I'm not saying give up on your faith and not believe in God. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying be a realist and look at the situation and say, God, now, these are the petitions that I have to throw before you because the people are not coming. The finances are drawing up. I'm back in the nine to five trying to make it happen, taking my tithes and offering, trying to hold this church together. Am I supposed to what? in order to keep it together. This is your church. These are your body of people. Where's the help coming? I know none of you want to sit down and ask those type of questions. But what do you say to that member who is looking at foreclosure on their house and all they do is faithfully come and worship and pray and seek the mind of God and they're doing everything that they can possibly do right but it seems like everything is going possibly wrong. What do you say to them? Come on, what, what, what would you say? Oh, God is able, it's, it's his will. You got to know that all things work for good. Yeah, that's a great, great, great word to say. But the truth of the matter is, you really don't know. When will pastors and leaders become transparent when they will tell the truth and say, you know what? I understand, but I don't have an answer. I don't know what God is doing this hour. But you know what? All I can do is believe this is going to work out. Now, for you, all I can do is try to find ways to encourage you, seek and study and try to uh, look at the, uh, uh, how you're currently positioning yourself, seek the mind of God, and together we'll come up with some type of strategy. But in the process, you may have to lose some things. I don't know. Maybe this is a training session for you. Maybe this is a development. I don't know. But what I do know is I can hold your hand through the process. I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but for today, I know I can teach you how to strategically pray. Maybe that might be a new approach. Maybe we need to look at how we are entering into God or how we are coming before him. Maybe we need to change our approach. Maybe we need to learn how to get God's attention. I, I don't know. Maybe you got all that together. I don't know. But for me, I'm up to finding anything that I can to help me to become a better me. And in hopes that I will get God's attention through the process and he'll begin to share with me what I need to do in order to get into that right place but don't forget this I still believe that it's working out for me I just don't like the process but I'm smart enough to stay in the process and see that's the thing I I, I believe is the biggest problem that we all face is that we don't want to stay in the process we want to jump out of it because it's not a favorable place to be in you know, we, we're looking at all the negative stuff and we can always compare to somebody else seem like or maybe getting blessed more than us. It seems like they don't have a problem that we're facing, but we don't really know what they're facing. But we know what we're what we up against. Family, I can tell you this. 
if you enter in serving God under the expectation that everything is going to be perfect, I'm going to tell you, you're fooling yourself. I'm going to tell you that. You're setting yourself for failure. Because one thing you do know is that once you decided to follow Christ and give your whole heart to him, that the devil say you're his number one target. The Bible says that he come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not going to let off just because you said now you save. If anything, he's going to bring more to the problem. He's going to bring more things forward. He's going to attack you on every end. But you just got to believe that things are going to work out. But the problem is how do we get those things to work out? And maybe I can suggest something today that will help. Maybe I can say something to you that will inspire you to look at things from another perspective. Do I have all the answers? No. But I'm going to try to teach you something today. And maybe this one thing will help you. And the one thing that I'm trying to share with you, it may be the way that you've been praying. I've taught plenty times about the prayer of Jehovah, the prayer of righteous, and the prayer with the Holy Spirit. Either or, all of them work together, but you need to learn first how to strategically pray so that you will know which one, where, how does this apply, and in what method are you doing this so that you can see the hand of God. I'm not going to go through the Jehovah teaching today. I'm not going to go through the teaching of the Holy Spirit, how to pray in that method. And it doesn't mean speaking in all these different tongues, neither. Yeah, I'll teach that on another session. But today I want to teach you about strategic prayer. This is setting your mind, setting the atmosphere, setting your approach, setting your willingness to go in and to enter into a place where you're talking to God, not always as requesting but sometime in praise, sometime in worship, and sometime in just in meditation. So the first thing we have to do is understanding that we are up against a battle. And when I mean up against a battle, we know that we are fighting against the devil. So our first approach is that we need to separate ourselves from the attack of the adversary or his influence or his acceptance. Believe it or not, many of us have been influenced by the adversary to do things that have got us in trouble. Um, influence us to be disobedient influence us not to follow through what God has told us to do and we haven't followed his instructions so therefore we are found in a place of disobedience until we repent from that that might be the answer why you're going through you haven't asked God what is the problem that you're having or what is the problem that he had with you so that you can repent and make whole because I, I guarantee you one way or another you know exactly what you failed in or did not do um, and you're just reluctant to pray because the Bible says, I have you not to be ignorant. And you know that he, he said he chastised those he loved. So you have to believe that if you have done something that God has told you not to or he told you to do something and you refuse to do it. This may be the down the road effort that you're now walking into that is causing these things to happen. Or you send uh, somewhere down the road and you knew better and you chose to go through with it. You made up your mind that was a decision. You know it was wrong. Everything in you told you not to do it, but you decided to do it. So you didn't see it happen then. It seemed like you was being rewarded then. But now, four or five months, maybe a year later, here you are now facing some adverse situation. So first off, we would say in strategic praying is understanding what your opponent is. Is your opponent the adversary or you? Have you allowed some negative things to come in your life to cause these unwanted decisions and actions to now manifest now? Maybe, maybe so, or maybe not. 
once you understand who you're up against, if it's you or the adversary or both, you ask God for strength. Ask God for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me for what I've done, knowing and unknowing. Lord, forgive me for giving any leverage to the adversary in any form or any fashion. And Lord, forgive me for accepting his ways when I should have been patient. And Lord, forgive me um, for not wading through the process. Simple. Moving on. Know where your battleground is. Where, where, where are you fighting this at? Are you fighting this on your knees and prayer, supplication and fasting? Or are you sitting up here with words, just sitting there just random and off and talking about complaint, 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 complaint? Are you really sitting there saying, God, I need your help? Are you taking it to him and leaving it there? Or are you just taking it there and picking it back up? Lord, I know you can fix this, but God, I'm bringing this to you now. I need this to go away. And then later on, you're complaining because it haven't left yet. Know that you're, you're creating an atmosphere where negativity is reigning. So your playing ground is on negativity. It's not on the power and the will of God. It's you still sitting there picking up things, dropping it off, picking it back up. up where you don't show you got trust and belief in God. If you say you serve him and you say that you love him, you say you have a relationship with him and you're connected, then why can't you leave those things and then trust him to fix it? That's knowing your, uh, your playing ground, your battleground. Determine your opponent's strategy against you. You have to know that the Bible made it clear the devil is trying to take you out on every means. And you know this. You know that he comes after you every way through your family, your friends, your finances, your job, and your health. He comes constantly through the same way. It's nothing new. But yet, every time when something happens, it acts like it's a breaking news for you in your life. Oh my God, here it goes again. Hell, Lord, this and that. Oh, this is happening. But you never say, okay, devil, not today. There's nothing saying that you have to continue to go through a battle with the adversary on a daily basis, every week, every second. The Bible said he gave you power, dominion over these things. But you have to begin to command things. Oh, command, yeah. Command. You have to learn how to command your morning. When you wake up after repenting and asking God for your deliverance, your healing, your cleansingness, your purification, then you got to start demanding things. God, if it be your will, block the ways of the adversary. And if there's a test that has to be tested or I have to learn from God, let it be quick that I want to revisit. And let it be buried in my heart and my mind so when these things come, I can remember how I made it over and I can recite those things. Lord, give me the word so I can speak into myself and speak against the wiles of the devil. Because you say, if I resist the devil, he will flee. But you showed me a perfect example. When you dealt with the devil straight on, you gave him words. You gave him scripture. You said it is written. So God, you give me the words that I'll be able to speak and stand firm on it. Give me an understanding how to fight off this devil in any way he comes. You have to know it. But the thing is, believe it or not, no one wants to take the time to apply that word. We want to go around and sit up in the church all day and let a few words bounce off here and there. But we don't want to go to the Bible studies. We don't want to have those one-on-one -on -one sessions. We don't want to have the pastor say, hey, listen, I got a question. I want to know more about this. We won't petition him, them, him or her to speak more word or revelation into our life. But we'll sit there and complain and spiritually die. Yes, yeah, spiritually die in a place of not knowing when we could, you could just ask questions. It's there for you. And I don't understand this, why there, let's put a pin in that, why we would get into situations 
definitely into ministries where you know that you're only there for the popular vote, but you're not there to learn. You just want to be there because it feels good. They sing or whatever. But what about your spiritual growth? What about your awareness? Where about that teaching? And I've heard countless people come to me and say, well, you know, I'm over there because, you know, I've been there so long, but I don't feel that the leader can can teach and guide me to the next direction. Now, how does that sound? How does that make any sense? This is a personal trip, a personal journey, searching out your own soul salvation. And you're going to tell me you'd rather be around the popular people versus being somewhere you can spiritually fed. Maybe that would explain why you're going through the storms you're going right now and you can't find a way out because you're surrounding yourself around people that make you feel good, but not people that's going to educate you so you can stand picking up the pen. You have to be able to get a plan. I mean, a strategic plan for you. Meaning, in the morning, when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Yeah, you alive say, I get on my knees and pray. Some of you do, some of you don't. Some of y'all praying while you're putting your makeup on and brushing your teeth. If that's your system, fine. But what if you took that extra effort? Set your alarm clock for 15, 20 minutes earlier. Go to your little private quarter and say, God, I want to repent for anything that I've done or said. God, I need you to cleanse me and purify me. God, I need you to orchestrate my day. For you said the steps of a righteous man is order for the Lord. I I want you to set my feet right today. Set my mind right. Put me in a place that today be a win-win for you. Let me submit myself as a living sacrifice, only accepted unto you. Let me put myself in a place that if you call on me, I'll be willing. Put that in my mind. Set my mind right today that it's all about you and I'll be that willing vessel. I challenge my, my, my inner man to stand up and be the man or the woman of God that you have called me. Put the Holy Ghost upon me. Put your blood back on me. Purify me and cleanse me for all things. Seal up the gaps where I've, I've let the adversary plunge in or whatever, God. Whatever I have done that wasn't pleasing you, God, fix it today. Because when I get out of this closet, I want to be tuned in, equipped to do whatever you want me to do and have a willingness that I'll obey you in all that you tell me to do. Now, what did I do? Before I even brush my teeth and wash my face, I have commanded my morning. I have put everything in perspective. Everything is lined up because my body, mind, and my soul knows that today is all about kingdom. It's all about whatever God wants it to be. I am willing and available, and I want to be in perfect tune with that and everything going to line up. So what did I do? I strategically planned out my day by setting the atmosphere for the for what's going to come. It's going to be promising. Now, am I going to tell you that you're not going to have some negative? Am I going to tell you that this is not may not be the best day ever? Maybe the devil pressures you all day. But I believe this in all of that. God will give you peace. For he said in John, he said that the peace I give you, the world cannot give you. And then Philippians, he said, uh, I'll give you the peace to surpass all understanding. You got to start declaring that upon your life. No matter how hectic your day get, you got to begin to plan and put it in existence that you're going to be able to speak a word and your whole day going to change. Your whole moment going to change. Your whole second's going to change. You have to be able to position yourself so when you utter out a word that things will line up the way that you want it to be. It just takes a little time. Did I learn it overnight? No. But you can't learn no other strategic way to approach God until you're able to get your body under a subjection where it knows that today has been declared, it's, it's been told, it's going to be told, it's going to be instructed, and we're going to follow suit to what God has for us to do. Easier said than done, right? But how many of you all write down your plan of attack? 
You know, y'all visual. So why don't you write down, today I'm not going to let anything come my way. Or you're reading the scripture and you're sitting there and you're meditating on that scripture. And you write down all the key things that come out of that scripture to support that movement for the day. You open the Bible up and you read something and it moves you in such a way. Write down what you're seeing and remember it. Recite it. Find joy in it. That might be the one push statement that carries you through the whole day. But we don't want to take the time to study. We don't want to take the time to meditate. We don't want to take the time to read. I'm not saying you could do this all in the morning, but you're going to tell me you can't find 15 or 20 minutes throughout the day to pull up a scripture, look over it, read over it. You can't find 15 or 20 minutes a day to just meditate on that word. You can't find 15 or 20 minutes out your whole entire day just to lay before God and ask him for, for understanding. Now, mind you, I know all of us have a busy day. All of us have a lot of things happening. But we have to get to a place where we can find uh, a time to find harmony in us between our connection, our relationship, and our trust in God. Sometimes we have to recalibrate, recalibrate, I can't even say it, <laughs> funny, recalibrate our thoughts in efforts to do it again, kickstart, refresh, and we start. We have to begin to change some of the ways that we've been approaching how we approach God. You can't keep on thinking that there's only one way to get to him. It's not one way he gets to you. How many times you go outside and see the birds chirping on the on the wire, on the uh, poles in the morning? How many times have you sit there and hear the dogs howling at night? How many times you hear the crickets playing their their tone through their legs? Doesn't matter. You hear them. What if you say they they find a way to praise their God? Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. But you have a voice. You have a mouth. You have hands. You have the ability to pray you have the ability to worship it's up to you to get there it's up for you to make the change you gotta want it stop giving the devil ammunition to bring you a complaint line wide and open things are not going to be perfect yes the devil is out to get you but just as bad as you can sit up there and talk about all the negative things look how many times you can talk about the good things when you look down at your hands and see that you're not hooked to any machines and legs, you can walk and talk, that's a blessing. Your kids, no matter how bad they may be, they're still yours and they're healthy. Look at how many people would trade that to have a kid that is healthy, that they don't need mom and dad to be around them 24 hours. They can't go on vacation or trips because they have to make sure that the kid is taken care of because they have that certain type of needs that needs attention all times of the day, all times of the night. You're going to sleep and you're waking up halfway throughout the night just to run in and check up on the child. You don't have that problem. Sometimes y'all just hop up and go check on them because you want to see if they snuck out through the course of the night. But... You all are better than this. No matter how big your, your membership of your church is or how many people come around you, you need to worry about you. It's great to be fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters, and it's great to be in the ministry there. They got great singing and great this and like that. But at the end of the day, you want to be there where you can learn and you can share that knowledge with somebody else. Because last time I checked, we all been given the same oath to go out there and make disciples, to take this gospel to the, to the byways and the highways. How can you do that? If you don't know it, but you say you believe in God, you trust him, you have a relationship. How can you have a relationship with him where he's not pushing you out there to share this information with others? He's not pushing you to get in perfect alignment with him. He's not telling you how to command your morning and make things straight. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Anything you give that much effort to, everything that you believe in and, and you're saying that relationship and you know that God talks to you or speaks with you then how can you tell me that he doesn't tell you when you were in wrong, at wrong or did something that was not 
okay with him. You got to stop sitting up here playing the blame game on all the people. Stop blaming the pastors, the evangelists. The, point a finger back to yourself and blame yourself for not getting right with God. I'll tell you this. When you don't feel God chastising you and talking to you like he used to, you might be in trouble. You might have stepped away from the fold. I hear this in the wild, I wonder in La La Land. God waiting on you to get back on the right path. I don't know. That's just a food for thought. I know I've gave you a lot to think on. And yeah, I talked about the churches and I talked about the caring conditions of people. And I came down to getting to the main point, strategic prayer. There are many ways that you can get to God. You just got to find the one that works best for you. Yeah, I mentioned a few others, but in time I'll do some teaching on it. But right now, that's not here or there. If you can't get God's attention through now, what you're doing, what difference if I tell you about six other ways to prayer? It's not going to make a difference. Because if you're not focused, and then you don't make this a, prior, a priority to, in your life, then you won't, you won't reach the level of success that you may feel that you need. And sometimes the level of success is based on your connection. Just feeling that you're still connected with God might be all that you're seeking. I'm just saying. People, a lot of us are backsliding and going in different directions now because life has thrown a lot of curves and you've been in the situations for long periods of time and you're starting to give up. And I, I can understand that. I can truly understand how you may be feeling. But it takes a certain level of maturity to get through this. And that's why you need people that can coach you through it. See, we got the world has all these life coaches and coaches and this, but when it comes to spirituality, there's no spiritual coach. Well, they are. They're hidden in what you call a pastor, evangelist, teacher, leader, elder. They're supposed to be your spiritual coaches. But if you never go to them and ask them, they're just great tools waiting to be used. It's up to you. You have to do your due diligence and get out there and say, hey, you know what? I have a few questions. I have this. And if they can't answer, then keep on until you find the answer that is suitable to you. And then somewhere through there, the Holy Ghost is going to remind you or share with you that the answer is this. It's just as concrete as it is. There's no way going around it. It is what it is. And then you have to ask God to teach you how to accept that. Because everything that you get asked a question for may not be favorable. It may be something that you really just can't swallow. Look at Paul. Paul said, I asked him three times to take this out. He said to him, he's great sufficient. I don't know if Paul accepted or not, but that was it. There was no more conversation about it. So we have to believe that some things we're going through is maybe the answers that we're looking for, we may not get. We just may come to a place of just being content with that. And if that's cool, cool. But if it's not, keep asking questions until you do. I don't know about you. I don't believe I'm going to serve a God or serve anything that I can't ask questions and expect answers to come back. I just won't do it. I'm not going to give all my faith and hope into something that won't sit and show me a better way of doing things. And as I've been serving God, I've never seen him not take care of me, not share some insight. Now, I'm not going to say every time I petition him, I got an answer. But I know that I've came to a place of peace, regardless if it was answered or not. So with that being said, listen, strategic prayer is just that. One, learning how to ask God for repentance, deliverance, and, and, and cleansing every day. Teach yourself how to command your morning where you ask for perfect alignment that your body, mind, and soul come together in one. And a willingness to go out there and do whatever God calls you to do. And then last, 
pray not always in request, but sometimes in praise, sometimes in worship. And I'm not saying that you don't make your supplication known. I'm not saying that. But sometimes you have to alter your approach. You always go to God, I need, I need, I need. How about going and say, I just thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Maybe just that change once in a while will be the thing that's needed to get you out of that situation. And always ask God uh, for a clear way out. He said, I'll put no more in your bed without escape. But you got to say, where is that escape? Illuminate my escape. Because see, we're visual people. If we can see it, we can believe it. And he even told uh, Thomas, he said, pray for those who have not seen but yet believe. And that's us. But you got to believe that God is showing you himself in so many ways. Maybe not where the disciples walk beside him, but you know you can see countless ways where he can show you some signs and wonders and some miracles in your life. I don't care who you are. There's something there that you can sit back and say, I know it only could be God that could do it. And that's what you stand on. Maybe over the time your faith has been challenged. Over time, things have been negative. But you just got to believe that it's going to work out for your good. I, I, I would like to encourage you um, to try that. Try putting your faith and believing in what the word of God says. And stand on it. Now, for you all out there who's listening to this podcast and still trouble. And maybe you don't have that connection and relationship with him. And you would like to know more about it. Well, let's start with just asking God for forgiveness. Maybe let's work on becoming one of the bold. And it's easy to do. All you got to do is repent from your wrongdoing. Ask God to separate you from evil. Forgive you for all the wrong things you have done. And, and ask him to accept you as his son or his daughter. Cleanse and purify you as you establish that repentful spirit in your heart and mind. And that he would accept you. And tell him you believe that he died for you. And with that, you went to heaven to make a place for him. And give me the power, give you the power to overcome the adversaries by the connection relationship. That you're no longer going to be attached to the things of sin, but you will and, and shall be connected to his will and his purpose. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Simple. And if you believe that with sincerity in your heart, then you're saved. Congrats. Now that I ask that you have done that, we, we celebrate you. Now, I ask you to go find a church that teaches the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ or some leader that you know that will teach you more about the things because there's more to this process than just confessing out of your mouth. You have some more steps. And they need to coach you through it so that you can establish that true relationship with the Holy Spirit where it will lead and guide you into all truth because you're going to need that. And if you can't find a church home or you can't find a place, you can't find anyone to minister to you, then please email me at ApostleJTJohnson at gmail.com. That's ApostleJTJohnson at gmail.com. And let me know. Say, hey, you know what? I would like this and that. And I will coach you and I will support you and I would encourage you until you find a church home. But if you're in South Florida, you can come see me. Yeah, come down and hang with me. Email me. I'll give you my address. But know this. We're a team. We're here to help each other. So if you can't find a church home and you're not sure, just keep listening up to the podcast just like you're doing now. And I keep trying to send you an encouraging message to help you to go further with God. With that being said, hey, you are blessed. Know that. Stand on it. Make the day beautiful.